Hi, and welcome back to Spoonful of Sugar. Today's episode on urinary incontinence will be hosted by Zia Liu, a rising fourth-year medical student at the University of Illinois College of Medicine in Chicago. Hope you enjoy. Hey, future doctors. Thanks for tuning in to Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. My name is Zia Liu, and I'm a medical student at University of Illinois College of Medicine pursuing urology, and I will be your host today. Urinary incontinence is one of the most common conditions the patient experience in the United States. I'm confident to say that everyone has or knows someone experienced the symptoms of this type of incontinence. Or you will definitely encounter them during your future clerkships, no matter what kind of specialty you decide to pursue. As someone like me going to urology, this is one of the most popular chief concerns in the daily practice of urologist. Moreover, it is one of the most common topics that the boards like to quiz. Therefore, today in this episode, we will be discussing everything in urinary incontinence. Particularly, what we covered in this episode will be one, define the causes of urinary incontinence; two, describe the four types of urinary incontinence, which are stress, urgency, mixed, and overflow. Specifically, we will be talking about signs and symptoms, and compare each conditions to each other. Then we'll be reviewing different test strategies required for a patient with a urinary incontinence. Lastly, we'll be talking about different treatment strategies for a patient with urinary incontinence. First, let's talk about in general terms. What is urinary incontinence? Can you define it? So urinary incontinence is involuntary leakage of urines in the United States. Up to fifty percent of women and up to seventy-five percent of men, older than thirty-five years old, are currently affected. Do you know some of the causes of urinary incontinence? Mainly, there are three major causes of urinary incontinence. The first one is GU-related causes. Second, it's neurological causes, and the last one is more transient causes. Can you give me two or three examples of your urological causes that might cause urinary incontinence? You will be multiple sclerosis, spinal injuries, or normal pressure hydrocephalus. What about GU-related causes? You will be trauma to the pelvic floor, intrinsic splinter deficiencies, 
impaired detrusal contractilities or somatized bladder outlet obstructions. Lastly, what about transient causes? Something like medication side effects, urinary tract infections, or psychiatric condition like depression or delirium. What are some general risk factors for urinary incontinence symptoms? The most common risk factor is recurring urinary tract infections, which explain the reason why women are more likely to experience urinary incontinence symptoms. The first aid book has a really good mnemonics to remember some of these causes that is majorly tested in the board exams. Do you remember it? So the mnemonic would be diapers, D-I-A-P-P-E-R-S. And D is for delirium, I is for infection, A is for atrophic urethritis or vaginitis. P stands for pharmaceutical or psychiatric causes, especially depression. And E stands for excessive urinary output, can be hypoglycemia, hypocalcemia, or CHF related. And R is restricted mobility. And the S will be stool impactions. I found that this mnemonics is one of the most useful ones in some of the books. I hope you're able to commit this into your memories when you write into a question that asking about causes of urinary incontinence. You're able to figure out the answer quickly. Now let's move on to the different types of urinary incontinence. What are four main types of urinary incontinence? You will be stress, urge, mixed, and overflow. And do you remember what is the most common type happen in the females or in the male? In female patient, stress urinary incontinence are the most common type. But in males, urge is the most common type. Firstly, let's talk about stress incontinence. What is stress incontinence? Stress incontinence is involuntary leakage of urine following any activity associated with raised intra-abdominal pressures, such as coughing or sneezing. On a physiological levels, what caused the stress incontinence? So it will be urethral hypomobility. More specifically, it's loss of pelvic floor musculatures and connective tissue that it supports, which are leading to a weak pelvic floor, 
which the urethral is unable to completely close, cause intrinsic splinter deficiencies. Do you remember some of the particular risk factors for the stress urinary incontinence? You will be multi-pregnancies and vaginal deliveries, menopauses, obesities, smoking, or COPD-related chronic cough, prostate or pelvic surgeries in the past. What are the common presentations they will likely to ask you in the USMLE board-like questions? It will be something with laughing, sneezing, coughing, exercising, this type of physical activity that causes increased intra-abdominal pressures leads to loss of urines in the patient. The buzzwords in the question will be frequent, predictable, small volume urine losses with no urge before of leakage. Next, we can talk about urge incontinence. What is urge incontinence? Urge incontinence is involuntary urine of losses due to inflammation conditions or neurologic disorders. And do you remember what inflammatory conditions or neurologic disorders can cause urge incontinence? The inflammatory conditions will be UTI, and the urologic disorders will be sphincter dysfunctions, detruder overactivities, or overactive bladders. Do you know why these neurologic dysfunctions can cause urge incontinence? It is due to the autonomous contraction of the detruder muscle and the premature initiation of a normal urine reflex. So when you think about urge incontinence, you will think about inflammations and nerve damages. What are some most common presentations that they will likely show up in the USMLE style questions? You will be anything related to urinary urgency, like the sudden urge to urinate. Some of the buzzwords will be recurrent UTI, past history of neurological conditions, neural deficits, repeated urges to use the restrooms, or have to wear diapers every day. Now let's talk about mixed urinary incontinence. Can you define it? So mixed urinary incontinence is a involuntary urine losses caused both by urge incontinence and stress incontinence. And the mechanism and the presentation can be a mixture of the both symptoms. 
Can you give me some that symptoms? So it will be stress incontinence such as cough, laugh, that make the patient use the restrooms. And throughout the days, patient experience different kind of urges to use the restroom as well. And on exams, you will likely to see both of type of symptom being mentioned in the question stems. Lastly, let's talk about overflow incontinence. What is the overflow incontinence? Overflow incontinence is involuntary leakage of fluid when your bladder is too full. And do you know what caused overflow incontinence? So it is caused by impaired or weak detruder muscle contractilities. Do you remember what caused impaired detrusal contractilities? So it could be transient causes like medication adverse effects, bladder outlet obstructions, or any can be also caused by neurological conditions such like multiple sclerosis, neuropathy, and diabetes as well as spinal cord injury. So what is the exact mechanisms that leads to impaired detrusal contractilities? So it is mainly due to incomplete bladder emptyings, which can cause bladder to overfills and this distended bladder will cause the dribbling of the urines. When your intravascular pressure is greater than the outlet resistance. And do you remember the common presentations that we're likely to ask you in the US Emily style questions? So it will be frequent, involuntary, intermittent dribbling of the urines in the absence of the urge to pee. And it usually occur only when the bladder is full and often occur with the changing positions. One of the most high yield neurologic conditions on step one is called neurogenic bladder dysfunctions. And we will briefly talk about it over here. Do you remember what's the two major conditions that could cause neurogenic bladder dysfunctions? So the neurogenic bladder dysfunction is commonly seen in multiple sclerosis and spinal cord injury patients. And do you remember why it is caused by these two conditions? So the answer would be the overactivity or underactivity of the detrusal smooth muscle in the bladder. What are some uncommon presentations in these type of patients who experience neurogenic bladder dysfunctions?
So these patients were experiencing intermittent voidings, urinary retentions, irregular or small volume incontinence without any associated urge to void. And sometimes they will also have urine storage dysfunction as well. So the initial management will be more conservative. However, with patients with more severe and debilitating symptoms, we will offer them surgical options or a combination of a surgical and medical management. And we'll be discussing in detail later. The second disease that the board always like to ask, it's solely happening in children. Do you remember what the condition is called? Right, the condition is called aneurysis resoria. So currently, the etiology for this disease is unknown, but we know that it is unrelated to stress or detrusal weakness. And do you remember what's the common presentation for the disease? It is completely urine loss that is triggered only by laughing. Otherwise, the patient's avoiding behavior are normal. In terms of the management, we usually start with a conservative management. If the patient are experiencing more severe symptoms, and we tend to start with the medical management. And now, moving on from the different types of urinary incontinence, let's talk about diagnostic tests for urinary incontinence. Can you think of some tests that is good for testing urinary incontinence? Unfortunately, there is not a good specific testing that is done for urinary incontinence. But the general approach is to take a really good history and using the diagnostic test to rule out secondary causes. And the most common testing to be done are urinary analysis to rule out possible UTI and post-void residual volumes to check if there's any bladder outlet obstructions or uncommonly detrusal under reactivities. Speaking of a post-void residual volumes, can you define it? So post-void residual volume is defined as the total volume of a urine retained in the bladder after a voluntary urinations. And do you remember what's the normal post-void residual volumes? So the volume is less than 50 milliliters, it's normal. And a high post-war residual volumes can be sign of a bladder outlet obstructions or rarely the detrusal underreactivities. Lastly, we'll be discussing the different treatments for different types of urinary incontinence. As I mentioned before, most urinary incontinence are started with conservative treatments, which includes lifestyle modifications such as decreased obesity, smoking cessations, voiding diaries, bladder trainings, or pelvic floor physical therapy. And more specifically, in terms of stress incontinence, a device called pessary are usually done for the patient who are experiencing stress urinary incontinence. 
A pessary is a soft, flexible device that is placed in the vagina to help support the bladders to decrease the intra-abdominal pressure that is placed on the bladder. As for urge urinary incontinence, medical management usually are preferred. And oxybutynin is one of the most common used drugs. Do you remember what's the mechanism of the action is for oxybutynin? Oxybutynin blocks the M1, M2, M3 receptors. Do you remember where you can find the M3 receptors? So the M3 receptors are usually found in the detrusal muscle of the bladder. The other medication that is commonly used in urge urinary continence are called a mirabagram. What is the mechanism of the action for mirabagram? Mirabagram is a potent and a selective beta-3 adenoreceptors agonist. It causes increased cyclic AMP concentration in the bladder tissues, which will show a bladder relaxing effect. And lastly, in terms of overflow urinary incontinence, medication are usually preferred as well. Tamsulosin is often used in this type of urinary incontinence. Do you remember the mechanism of action for this medication? Tamsulosin is an alpha-1 antagonist in which to relax the bladder necks. When patient with overflow urinary incontinence that is mainly caused by obstructions, Tamsulosin is a great medication for it. And muscarinic agonists are tend to use for patients with overflow urinary incontinence that is mainly caused by detrusal underreactivities. Do you know the rationale behind it? So the muscarinic agonists will stimulate the M3 receptors in the detrusor smooth muscles, in turn will stimulate its activities to treat the overflow urinary incontinence symptoms. And now we conclude all the content reviews. Let's walk through a USMLE styled questions. A 42-year-old woman comes to the physician because of urinary leakage over the past year. She reports involuntarily losing small amount of urines after experiencing a sudden need to void. She has difficulty making into the bathroom in time uh, only feels comfortable going out into public if she has some diaper on. She also have to wake up at night to urinate. These symptoms have persisted despite six months of a bladder training and weight loss and reducing soda and coffee intakes. Physical examination shows no abnormalities. And the question is, what's the type of urinary incontinence that the patient is experiencing, and what medication is helpful for this patient. So based on the patient's symptoms, she's most likely to have urge incontinence, as evidenced by her sudden urge to urinate, resulting in frequent involuntary loss of the small urines, 
and because she failed the conservative treatments, a medication is needed to manage her symptoms. And the medication would be oxybutynin, which is an anticholinergic agent that antagonizes the M3 receptor found in the bladder. And I hope you are able to get it right. Now, let's summarize what we talk about in this episode. So the topic is urinary incontinence, which is a very common condition characterized by involuntary leakage of urines. And there are four different types, which are stress, urge, mixed, and overflow. Urge incontinence is more common in the older individuals, and it's twice as common in women than in men. And it's approximately twice as common in women than in men. And stress incontinence, it's more related to increased intra-abdominal pressure, like laughing or coughing. And urge incontinence is more related to sudden urge to urinate. A mixed is a mixture of symptom and urge and stress. And lastly, overflow urinary incontinence is involuntary leakage of urines when your bladder is too full and mostly caused by spinal cord injuries. The diagnosis can often be made based on the detailed medical histories, avoiding diaries, and basic testing like urine analysis and a measurement of a post-void residual volumes. And the initial management involves conservative measures such as lifestyle modifications, smoking sensations, bladder trainings, and pelvic floor physical therapies. If patients fail to respond to the conservative management, medication are needed. In urge incontinence, anticholinergic drugs, sympathomimetics tend to be used. And in overflow urinary incontinence, Alpha-1 antagonist and a masculinic agonist are usually used. Urinary incontinence can have a severely detrimental effects on patients' psychosocial well-beings, mobilities, and dependence. It can increase the risk of infections. Therefore, we need to pay more attention when patients complaining about these type of symptoms. That's all I have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe to our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org and post them under the link for this episode. Good luck for studying. Before the episode ends, I want to leave you one of my favorite things about urology which is the urology jokes. So here we go. Why are the urologists so selfish? Because they're all about number one. <laughs> Again, good luck with studying. And remember that if you ever have an SOS moment while studying, the spoonful of sugar is always here to help the medicine go down.